oh, there's just something about that name. Lord, we're here tonight to tell you you're our master. You're our savior. You're our king of kings. Lord, you're my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my way maker. Lord, you are everything that I have need of and so much more. Lord, how we love you tonight. How we thank you for this atmosphere and this presence. Lord, for your word never fails. Lord, and we can trust in you tonight, Father. Lord, in the name of Jesus, the sacrifice that you gave there at Calvary where you laid your life down. Oh, how thankful we are, Lord Jesus. Lord, and we gather tonight, Lord, as a needy people. And yet, Lord, although needy, we're so very thankful. Lord, to know that every need you supplied. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, that we can stand here, Lord, with believers of like precious faith. Lord, I ask that you'll lift up the faith of the downtrodden. Lord, I ask that you'll be with those tonight that are shut in and unable to be here. Lord, I pray you'll be with Uncle Kenny as he goes for his surgery on Friday, Lord. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you'll move on his behalf. Lord, on the ones battling, Lord, tonight with cancer. Lord Jesus, our trust is in you. Lord, our trust is in the atonement, Lord, where you not only delivered our souls, but you paid a price for our bodies. We lay claim to that, to that tonight, Lord. Lord, for each one who's suffering. Lord, now we turn our attention to you and to your word, and we ask you now, Lord Jesus, Lord, that you'll give me clarity of thought. Lord, you've seen as I've struggled through this, Lord. Lord, how to word it, how to go about it. Lord, I just know how you gave it to me, and I pray you'll just help me now to get out of the way. Lord, just help me to move and let your people, Lord God, hear from you. I ask these things, Lord, and I ask you to, Lord, just take these lips and shut them. Lord God, where you wouldn't have me to speak and open them, Lord, in every place, Lord, that you would have the people to hear. Grant it now, I pray, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good to us? Isn't his presence wonderful? Open your Bibles with me now, if you will, to, to Psalms chapter 4 and the fifth verse. We're going to read from three different places, but they're all pretty short readings. We're going to start in Psalms 4, then we'll go to Proverbs 3. Tonight I want to speak to you on in his hands. We're speaking on in his hands. Psalms chapter 4 and verse 5, it says, Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, Who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance upon us. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that, that their corn and their wine increased. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The focus there in verse 5 was offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3 and verse 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tablet of thine heart. 
so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And then finally, we're going to look in John chapter 14 and verse 1. John chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, let not your heart be troubled. If ever there was a time we needed to hear that, this is the time. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you, ye may be also. God bless you. You may have your seats. Pray God add his blessing now to the reading of the word. I want to read a quote from, from the prophet of God right here. And he says, help us, dear God, to buckle up tight tonight. Examine the post and the lintel to see if the blood's there. Then walk forward to challenge every enemy, knowing that our great chief captain, the one that met Joshua after crossing the river, said, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. Oh, God, Joshua trembled. He knew that you were leading. And we know tonight the morning star is over us. Banners are gleaming, the colors streaming, and we're bound to win if we trust in him who will not fail us. And that's what I want to look at tonight is we're bound to win if we will trust in him who will not fail us. Listen, we're going to go into it more as we go, but there's many voices in the land and there's many people and many things primed for your attention and primed for your affection and trying to get your eyes on them. But I'm telling you, there's only one place tonight that you can put your trust. There is only one place where you can put your soul, where you can put your family, and that's in the hands of Almighty God. There is a constant theme throughout the scripture, and we're going to see some of it tonight as we go, that God watches over and cares for and delivers those that will trust in him. God wants people to trust in him, and he wants you to trust in him with your whole heart, not just for small things, not just for this or that, but he wants you to trust in him for every one of your needs. He wants you to trust in him for your family, and he wants you to be willing to trust him with your very life if need be. He, he wants to be the, the very center when you get into trouble and when things aren't going your way. He doesn't want you to stop and try to figure out how am I going to get through this. He doesn't want you by your own hands to try to work through it. He wants you to come to him and say, Lord Jesus, I'm giving this situation to you. I'm putting it in your hands and I'm going to allow you to work in my life. And that's one of the biggest things that we do to hinder God is we get in the way by trying to fix everything ourselves. We get in the way by trying to work everything out ourselves. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but my record of fixing things and making things okay is not very good. I'm like, oh, for 487,642, I'm bad at it. But I've learned that if I'll get out the way and I'll allow God to work, he bats a thousand. He's never messed up. He's never not fixed the situation. He's never not pulled me from the pit that I was in because our God can't fail and therefore I can put my trust in him. And I want to be one that always trusts in him. I want to do that and yet it's a constant battle. Many times we say, God, I trust in you. And we say we trust and yet our actions would indicate in the moment, in the situation that we do not. We heard Brother Timothy not too long ago deal with, with committal. And, and, and trust and committal go hand in hand. When you trust God, then you're willing to commit any situation or any problem into his hand. An inability to commit things to God shows a lack of trust in how God's going to work those things out. 
We show a lack of trust and a, track, and a lack of committal by always taking things back out of his hands that we said we were committing to him. God, but I thought you were going to do this. And God, I asked you to do this. And he's in the middle of working it out. And we're running up and snatching it from him thinking we know better, thinking we know the timing of God. The problem is that our God is not a time being like we are. He is an eternal being. However, even though he is not a time being, he is a God of perfect timing. Because he understands that we're time beings and we have certain needs. And he's never going to show up late. He's going to show up right on time if you will stand back and allow him to work. But we show a lack of trust when we take it out of his hands. And when we try to make all things right on our own or all wrongs right as it were. When we try to fix everything about our family ourselves. When we try to fix all of our problems ourselves instead of just giving it to God. Brother Branham would say it like this. He would tell you to just let loose. He says, just let loose and let him do it and just commit it to him. The greatest weapon that I know of a Christian today is a committal to God. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to him and God will take care of it. Just commit it to him. He's never failed. He's never once come up short. He's provided for every need we've ever had from the beginning of time since you were born on this earth. He's never failed you and he's never left you alone. He's not going to leave you in this situation here if you'll just put it in his hands tonight. Now, don't take this tonight to mean that we don't believe in knocking and keep on knocking. That's not what we're saying. For surely we do believe in knocking and continuing to knock. But remember, there's a major difference between constantly reminding God of your problems instead of reminding him of his promises. There's a major difference there. We want you to knock and we want you to keep on knocking. That's the very essence of committal is that you bring it to God and you lay it at his feet. But while we're knocking and while we're there bringing it before the Lord, we should do it in a way that shows him we trust in him. We should do it in a way that shows him that we believe his promises are true and that we believe he's moving on our behalf. How do you do this? By reminding him of his promises, not reminding him of your problems. In other words, if you're there praying for the salvation of your children, come there and begin to claim the promise as if it's already happened. Come before the throne saying, Lord, I committed my children to you. And I'm just here today once again to thank you for their salvation. I'm here once again to thank you that they're coming back. I'm here today, Lord, once again to thank you for my healing that you said I could have. Not, oh God, they're worse off today than they've ever been. Lord, I thought you said you were going to heal them. That's not necessarily the kind of knocking we want to do. We want to knock and say, Thank you, Jesus. Your word says they're coming back. Your word says I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here to tell you once again that I'm so thankful you're my father. I'm so thankful I have all these promises and I'm here to lay claim to all that's mine. And that's how we want to knock and that's how we want to be on his hands at all times. And you say, but you don't understand those circumstances. But you said you trusted in God. And that's the balance that we have to come to. We have to come to the point to where we trust him no matter what it is that we're seeing. This isn't to tell you to do nothing. Well, I guess God is going to take care of this. No, just the opposite. This is telling you to seek God in absolutely everything you do. To seek him with all your heart and commit it to him. Your whole heart, your whole life, every decision, everything you do. Lay it at his feet and commit it to him before you do anything. Seek him in every decision. Tonight, his hands is the safest place you can put anything. His hands is the safest place you can put anything. 
No, I know that life can be hard. Life can be hard, harder on some than it is on others. Some people, sometimes it seems like, uh, draw, draw a harder lot, as it were, and go down a harder road than other people. And many times there are many burdens that you may even go through in private that other people may, may never even know anything about. And the burden many times can become so heavy. And that weight can become so difficult. And you have nobody you feel like you can share it with because you're trying to be strong. You, you, you have this, many times we have this mentality that as a Christian, we're not allowed to show when we're going through hard times. We're not allowed to talk to people about it or let people know that we're having a battle. Listen, I'm more worried about you if you're not having a battle. It's okay to share things with your brothers and sisters. It's okay to ask for a helping hand. It's okay to ask for prayer. It's okay. These things are okay. But let me tell you, even more than that, what's the best thing you can do is you can take that burden and you can come lay it down at the foot of Jesus. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, and he's never going to leave you, and he's never going to forsake you. But this weight can become so difficult, and the trials can seem so overwhelming. And many of you may be in that situation even tonight, and many people may not even know about it. You may find yourself in the midst of the hardest trial of your life, and God is asking you tonight, will you trust me? Will you trust me in this situation you're going through? Will you give me all of it? Trust is a great matter of importance to God. And yet trust to us cannot just become a cliche thing. So many times we say, well, just trust the Lord. It's one of those statements we say, and we say it with, with good intentions. And we say it when we're trying to encourage someone. We may throw it around when somebody's in a trial. Well, just trust the Lord. He knows best. Just, just trust in the Lord, and you know, all things are going to work out. And, and, and we sometimes say it to people when they're anxious. Or maybe when we're battling fear, whether it be fear of the future or fear of tragedy or fear of how I'm going to pay my bills, whatever these fears or anxieties may be, just trust the Lord and everything's going to be okay. Amen. And although I believe that with all my heart, we can't allow it just to become a cliche thing that we just say and not actually even understand what true trust in the Lord is. What does it mean to truly trust in God? To trust him like Job did to where you can say, though he slay me, Yet, I'll trust him. Amen. Though he slay me. Now, if you look at that and you put it into a human mind, there's no worse circumstance than being slain. That's the end of the road. It's over. That's the worst possible outcome he could have got from whatever he was asking. And he says, and yet, I'll trust him. Now, how can you get to the point that you can trust in that way to where the one you're asking for help, the one you're asking to move, the one that you're needing to intercede slays you instead and you say, but I trust you still. That's the place of trust that we have to get ourselves to. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Listen, Job suffered greatly and I imagine that he was very deeply hurt by all the things he went through, even his friends turning against him. Even to the point that they tried to come and comfort him. And he told them, y'all are terrible at this. Yeah. To put it in, in, in our English language, he said, y'all are the worst comforters ever. Right. He said, y'all have done a terrible job. Yeah. All right. And so he was deeply hurt, not only by what went on around him, but even his friends coming to him. They came to accuse and they came to do things. They in no way comforted him or lifted him up. And I'm sure he was confused by all that had befallen him because he had done all he knew to do to serve God. He had known all he had, uh, he had done all he knew to do. He had offered the sacrifices. He had prayed. He had lived a righteous life to the point that God took note of it. So I'm sure he was hurt and not understanding. But Job was convinced of the wisdom of God 
even in the midst of great pain and confusion. He says in Job 9 and 4, he is wise in heart and mighty in strength. In Job 12, 13, he says, with whom is wisdom and strength? He hath counsel and understanding. Job isn't thinking about what he feels in this moment. He isn't thinking about what's going on around him in this moment. Instead, Job realizes that I must remember the character of God. I must remember the character of God, who God is, and why he can be trusted in this situation. God doesn't do anything in, in his will that isn't both wise and also loving. He doesn't do anything in his will that he's sovereign. You have to understand that we don't trust God simply because somebody told us to trust God. We trust God because he's God. I can put my trust in God tonight because he is God alone. It doesn't matter what circumstance I am, whether it's a good time or a bad time. Tonight, I'm here to tell you, he is God over the situation you're in. So we don't trust God because someone tells us to. We trust our God because he is God. Our God is holy tonight. Our God is awesome tonight. Our God is righteous tonight. He is sovereign and he is wise. And because of that, not only is he sovereign and wise, but he's infinitely loving. So if he knows all and he's infinitely loving towards me, then I can trust in whatever decision he makes towards me is the right decision. Whatever situation I see surrounding me, I know it's okay. I can trust him because he has wisdom and he loves me from the depths of his very heart. And I can trust that he does all things and works all things according to my good because of the character of God. Amen. For us humans, though, trust can be a battle. We as humans are guided by our five senses. And because of what we see and what we feel, it's oftentimes hard to trust. But it wasn't always so. In the garden, there was no fear and there was no doubt. Before the fall, none of these things ever existed. And so they operated from a heavenly realm. There, there was no sin. There had never a lie ever been told. So, so in that place, in that condition, trust came naturally. Trust was just what you did. They trusted one another. They trusted God. The, the elements that came to, to make up the things that we would call distrust or, or our inability to, to completely trust someone didn't exist yet. Because there was no lies and things of that in the garden. Adam and Eve operated, as it were, with the mind of God. It was a perfect harmony with how he foresaw his creation. And it was good. But very early on, we're going to see a choice presented to Eve. Who are you going to trust? That's actually the question that's presented to Eve. That's the choice that she has to make. Who am I going to trust? Genesis 2.17 but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. This is the word of God. There is no debate. He wasn't unclear about it. There was no gray area. You shall not eat of this tree or you're going to die. Genesis 3 and 3. She repeats the word of God. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of God. Uh, let me start over. Which is in the midst of the garden. God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. She quotes the word to the serpent. If she would have stopped right there, if she would have anchored right there, we wouldn't be in the condition we're dealing with today. The world wouldn't be in the condition that it's in today because at this point, she's still fortified behind the word. At this point, that's still her testimony. 
At this point, she has done no wrong, but now she's given an option. Verse 4, and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. What we see with Eve in the garden now is a struggle that mankind has struggled with from that very day. Trust. Who do I trust? Who am I going to listen to? Which way am I going to go? Now, I can't speak for Eve, although I feel like her testimony would be very similar to ours. In that, has God ever given you reason not to trust him? Has God ever done anything to cause us to not believe what he says is true? But how many times has this world lied to you? How many times has the devil drug you through the mud and beat you down and beat you around the stump and brought sickness and death and fear and anxiety? When it comes down to it for me, I can't speak for what you're going to say, but I'm telling you tonight, I know in whom I'm going to trust. I know in whom I'm going to believe. I know there's only one that offers salvation. I know there's only one that offers healing. I know there's only one that gave his life to redeem me and to save me from my sins, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm going to put my trust there. And if Eve had done the same thing and just walked away, she'd have been okay. What the serpent presented to Eve was another option. What the serpent presented to Eve was another voice. He presented to her another way. And if she would have just stayed right there with the word, if she would have just trusted in him, she had no reason to doubt, church. She had never had a reason to doubt, and neither do you have reason to doubt tonight. There may be thousands of voices in the land calling for your attention, but I'm telling you, there's only one true voice. There's only one vindicated voice. There's only one word of God, and it is always true, and it will always be fulfilled in your life if you'll put your trust in it. There's only one truth. There's only one vindicated voice, and we're following it in this day. Why was there even a question, Eve? Why were you even listening to the serpent talk to you, Eve? Why were you even entertaining these thoughts? Why do we even listen to the voices of the world today? Eve, why are our conversations even on the things going on out there? Why are we focused on the circumstances all around us? Why do we allow things that would cause distrust in the word to even come into our thinking? Why do we even entertain those things? Cast down imagination tonight. Turn away from those things tonight. Those things, those voices, they're all voices, but none of them are truth. You say, well, this sounds good and that sounds good. Well, what the serpent told Eve sounded good because it was only one word changed. It was mostly truth, and he twisted one little word. And I'm telling you tonight that the voices out there tonight, all the news and all the things going on in the world, they're not there to lift you up. They're not there to give you truth, but they're there to bring confusion and give you options and give you other voices to where you have to make a choice. What am I going to believe? Who am I going to trust? Just tune those voices out tonight and turn to the one true living God, the only one that you can trust in, and go towards him tonight as hard as you can go. Eve's decision to put her trust in what the serpent told her versus what the word said broke the trust that had once been so easy. The trust between humans because she broke the covenant there between her and her husband. And the trust between God and man. Not that God had given man any reason not to trust him. Truly not. For surely it was man that had gone astray and and not God. But now because of this, man's going to operate underneath a sin nature. And underneath that sin nature, it's in the nature of man's flesh to be inquisitive. 
It's in the nature of man's flesh to be skeptical. It's in our nature to ask why, to look for answers ourselves and try to figure things out, to want to fix things. That's just in our human nature. And many of these traits are are the very things that's actually driven man to the top of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A lot of these traits is actually what has allowed man to accomplish so many things uh, in this world. And yet these exact same traits and these exact same characteristics can be very detrimental whenever you're trying to draw not not a God. So this, this questioning and this asking why and looking for answers, although it benefited man here on the earth and their quest for knowledge and their quest for advancement and their quest for medicine and different things, when it comes to a Christian and somebody drawing not a God and trying to get close to God, these very characteristics actually can hinder you as a human being because they go against trust. They're the opposite of trust. And sure, man has reached great heights here on the earth. Man has done some pretty amazing things. Now, there's times you look around and you want to know how because we seem so stupid. Some of the things we do, just as the human race, you say, we're pretty stupid. And yet, then you look around and you see these things that they've accomplished. These heights that they've reached and these achievements in medicine and and science and rockets and travel. And they've reached many, many heights along these things. And they've done it through the tree of knowledge. They've done it through their mind. They've done it through questioning and looking. That's how they've done it. But in this day, there's a people called to go higher than men have ever gone before. There's a people called to go beyond this atmosphere. They have astronauts and things, and they go to the moon. We're going well beyond the moon. There's a people called to leave this very dimension and go into the heavens, and they're not going to do it with man's ability. They're going to do it by being able to operate in the heavenly realm that Adam once lost but once restored back by Jesus Christ. They're going to do it through faith, and they're going to do it by trusting in the word of God we're going to go so far beyond anything any scientist or any doctor has ever come up with it would blow their minds for them to know the things that you know as brother Tim has preached you have a greater knowledge than any earthly knowledge that has ever been here on the earth and it's bestowed by the revelation of Jesus Christ into your hearts into your lives and you have to let go and trust in that And yet, because of the fall, our flesh wars against us. Our flesh wants to doubt. Our flesh wants to fear. And our flesh wants to question, why? Why? That's the the battle of the flesh. And yet, what you must do is take dominion over the flesh. And do one of the greatest things that you will ever do as a Christian. And that is to trust. Brother Branham would say, so I trust in the Lord. Amen. Whatever it is, all things work together for good. You you can't lose when you become a Christian. You just can't lose. Just trust in him. And whatever the way goes, just keep yourselves set to his spirit. He will guide you into the harbor. It's all, it'll all be all right. There were some folks that came to him during questions and answers and wrote a question to him. They were trying to sell a house. And they told him that we fasted and prayed and fasted and prayed, and yet we've got no results. We, we, we've done this. And they said, have we done something wrong? And here's his answer to them. They said, have we done something wrong? And he says, if you're a Christian and trust in the Lord, because you surely are, or you wouldn't be fasting and praying, see. 
So I just commit it to the Lord. Say, now, Lord, when your time for us to sell it, you'll send a buyer. That's it. Commit it to the Lord. Take your hands off of it and go ahead. He says, and that's the way it is. Anything, as long as you're going to do it, if someone talks about you and you talk back about them, now listen, God can't fight your battle. You're fighting it yourself, see? Just let loose and let him do it. Just commit it to him. The greatest weapon that I know of, a Christian today, is a committal to God. When you can't do nothing about it, just commit it to him and God will take care of it. Listen, he wants to fight your battles for you tonight, church. He wants to go to war for you. He wants to defeat the enemy for you. He wants to take control. But Brother Branham says here, he can't fight your battle as long as you're trying to fight it for yourself. You have to step back. That's the hardest thing for us to do as humans is to step back, to take our hands off and go, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to allow you to do this for me and sit back and watch him go. But I'm telling you, it's the easier way to go. If you ever want to see my God in battle, if you ever want to see my God going against the enemy, you'll love to stand back and say, he fights my battles for me. He's very impressive when he goes to war. He's never once lost a battle. Brother Branham says he wants to take your battles for you, but you must let him do it. Without trust, a relationship will not last. Trust is the foundation for any relationship. Without it, the relationship will be shaky and it will eventually fail. Many times faith and trust are used interchangeably. And yes, they, they do work together and they are very similar. And matter of fact, when you, when you look at their definitions, they're very, very close together. And yet they're not exactly the same thing. To trust is to allow one to have control, authority, or responsibility over yourself. To allow them to have control, authority, and responsibility over yourself or over something. Faith is believing that he can and will move in your situation. But trust is handing him the reins and allowing him to do it. Trust is taking your hands off. Faith is believing he's going to move and this is done and he's already done it. But trust is when he moves totally different from what you anticipated or believed for, but you can readily accept the outcome because he is mindful, all-knowing, and he has more wisdom than I can comprehend. Trust is even when it seems your faith came up short or God didn't answer the way that you thought he would. You say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I had faith for the miracle and I believed in my heart. Yet God moved in a different way, and I trust him because he knows what is best. Brother Brown says God watches over his word. He watches over his people. He wants to find somebody that will believe him and put trust in him. So God makes it very clear throughout the scripture that he wants a people who will trust in him. That when things are at their worst and, our, and things are at their worst and things are at their darkest, that your confidence never wavers. The question of why doesn't come into your mind. The, the, the crying, oh God, what are you going to do? In those situations, he wants to respond to you the same way he spoke to Moses and says, why cry to me? Speak. He had told Moses at the very beginning, you're going to bring the people here to worship on this mountain. 
And all Moses had to do was trust in those words right there. And there would never have been anything along the way that would hinder his faith along the journey. Because God already said, you're coming to the other side of the Red Sea. You're going to leave Egypt. You're going to cross. You're coming back right here. And he's already told you you're going to go in a rapture. He's already told you that you're going to make it. He's all, you've already been seen on the other side by a prophet who went beyond the curtain of time. So I may go through something today. I may go through something tomorrow. I may struggle next week. But I'm telling you my trust is in the Lord because I know that I'm going to make it. I know I'm going to be there. I know nothing's going to stop me so I can put my trust in the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. When you're in those situations and your trust is in God, then we don't see the need within ourselves to intervene. We can keep our hands off and allow God to continue moving. We don't see the need to look for other voices or look for other solutions when it seems like there's no way out. He is our way out. He wants people who when the enemy comes in like a flood and death is at the door, they can leave it in his hands and walk in peace. That's one way you can check and see where you're at when you're trust with God is when everything's going on, when it seems like there's no answer, when it seems like death is at the door, is your heart at peace? Is your heart at peace in trusting God that God, however you choose to move, I trust in you. My heart is at peace in this situation and he wants people to be that way. And I want to tell you tonight that you have a God that is worth trusting in. You have a God who is, that you can believe in. You have a God who you can give your burdens to. You have a God that you can put your complete faith and your complete trust in. He has a track record of 100%. He has never once failed, and I say that he's worthy of our trust. I say that he's done more than enough to earn our trust. I say that at this point, if we do not trust in him, it's a slap in his face because he's done so much. He's poured out so much. Even this generation, he's come time and time and time again to show you that my word is true. I'll back up what I say. If I say I heal, then I'm a healer. When I say I deliver, then I'll deliver. He has never once left us here ashamed, holding the bag as it were, but he's always come Come through for us. He always will come through for us. And you can trust in this God tonight. Oh, church, he's worthy of our trust. He's worthy of our praise. He's never once done anything that would cause us to doubt. He's never once done anything that would cause us to wonder if he's going to show up on time. So in the midst of pandemics, you can trust God. In the midst of riots and unrest going on in the world today, you can trust God. In the midst of hatred between brothers and this man against that man, this nation and that nation, you can trust God. You can trust God no matter what's going on. In the midst of the chaos that the enemy promotes, you can trust God. In the midst of your sickness, you can trust God. In the midst of your trial, no matter what, God is God tonight. Church, what a time that we're living in. What a time it is that we're living. Never has there been more voices upon the earth. Never has, has the circumstances seemed as dire as they seem right now. Never has the manifestation of evil been so obvious all around us. And never has, has people given up their trust and allowed their love to grow cold as they have in this age. People have allowed their trust and their love to grow cold. And it's because, as it says in Matthew 24, 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. 
In other words, it was so evil around them and there was so much wickedness around them, they allowed their circumstances and the evil around them to make them begin to wonder, is it real? Is it true? How can this be? Why would God allow these things to happen? Look at all this going on in the world. And because the iniquity was all around them, their love for the truth began to wax cold. Their eyes got on the iniquity and off of the fact that God had never done one thing to cause them not to love him. Had never done one thing to cause them not to trust in him. And unfortunately, you find that even amongst message believers today. Because they're being shaken by world events. Not recognizing that the very thing that's shaking them is the fulfillment of his word. Think of that. The very thing that's shaking them, that should be giving them courage, it's shaking them and it's the fulfillment of his word. Because his word has never failed and the hour that we are living in is the word of God come to pass. Think about that for just a minute. The hour that you're living in right now is the word of God come to pass. It should literally, the things you're seeing that are shaking so many people should literally make you believe more now than you've ever believed before in your life. It should make you more of a believer every time you see the word of God come to pass. This hour is the word of God coming to pass. The evil, the nation against nation, the love of self, the hatred of one's fellow man. It's exactly what we were told was going to be here. It's exactly what we've been expecting all along. Amen. And yet people are just mind blown by, can you believe this is happening? And this and that? Well, have you ever read your Bible? This is, yes, I believe this is happening. It's what we've known was going to happen all along. This is the fulfillment of God's word. Is it not shaking you? No, it's causing me to push in more than ever. It's causing me to believe more than ever. It's God showing me once again, if I said it, it's going to happen. He's showing me once again, he's trustworthy. This is his word being fulfilled in our very midst, giving you the opportunity to get ready. He's coming soon, and he's telling you, behold, I come quickly. He's giving you opportunity. It shouldn't be shaking you. You should be thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your word's coming to pass right before my very eyes. Second Timothy 3.1. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. Check. We're there. Daniel 12, 1. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. Check. We're two for two. And there's many more we can go on. That All the scriptures you read about the end time, you're seeing it fulfilled around you every single day. This is the time to trust more than ever. To press in more than ever. These things only vindicate his word all the more. This isn't something that should ever make you doubt. He told us these things were coming. And the many times the problem is, is we're not spiritual about things. We look at everything through these physical eyes. But there is a spiritual aspect to all the unrest in our world. It goes much deeper than nation against nation and race against race. It's much deeper than that. But there are spiritual powers at war with themselves to set themselves up for power in Satan's kingdom when it's fully manifested. 
Uh, these anointings flow onto the people and they are manifested in the physical world. But the things you see and you look at and you go, that's crazy. That makes no sense. It's because those people are under an anointing from a spirit that you cannot see, from a demonic power that's moving in this realm. And, and, and the only thing that when you look at this, you see you have to recognize that the full manifestation of Satan incarnate is just behind that. It's not far away when you see his anointing begin to dictate governments and you see the things they begin to pass and the way they're talking and the way people are treating. You know that that man of sin that is about to be made manifest very soon in this realm. And we're blessed to be able to see with eyes that let us know that that's what's going on. And the only thing holding back these powers from a full and complete takeover of the world, a full outpouring of the plagues, and a full uh, ruling of pure satanic chaos is that you and I are still here. The only thing holding those plagues back is that the spirit is not fully lifted off of the earth yet, but it's still here. But I'm telling you, it is lifting. It is lifting and it won't be long that I'm going to lift with it. And once I go, they can do what they want with this old world. I'm not worried about it because one day I'm coming back to it. And when I do, we'll walk out on the ashes of the wicked. But that's the only thing holding it back right now. He that letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. But those spirits are pushing in and they're pushing in and they're pushing in. And the bride of Jesus Christ being here on this earth, you are the only thing holding it back. Well, how can you stand there and not be afraid? Because I can trust in him. I can trust that when he leaves, I'm going with him. He won't leave me here. He's taking me to the place he said I go to prepare a place for you. And Lord, I trust you. I believe you. I know it's waiting on me and I'm coming to see it soon. Lord, I trust in you tonight. We must be able to recognize the spirits operating behind the movements in our world. And be careful what we identify ourselves with as Christians. So quick to swallow down everything the media tells us. Or what the people on social media are posting. We're so quick to pick a side. Listen, I have but one side. I'm on the side with Jesus Christ. I'm on a side that wants to see souls saved. I'm on a side that wants to see souls delivered. I don't have time to pick a side between this and Democrat and Republican and black and white and those things. Listen, there's coming a day when we're going to put our arms around one another and we will truly be brothers. We're already brothers here, but in that kingdom, oh, that's going to be the end of strife. In that kingdom, I won't have to pick a side. In that kingdom, I won't put, be put down for my beliefs because we're all going to believe the same thing. We're going to know that we trusted in the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We'll walk hand in hand and all this junk we're dealing with now will be left behind. Be careful about picking sides and getting caught up in it. And we all do, sure, because there's, there's parts of us, because we were raised here, there's parts of us that look at our country and we're thankful that we were raised in a Christian nation. We're thankful for the opportunities afforded to us by living in America. And many times we have a love of the ideals of what America was supposed to be. But let me tell you, she never reached those ideals. Let me tell you, she never got there. And even as far back as when Brother Brandon was here, he said she's a million miles away from a Christian nation. You can look it up. There's a quote. He says, I don't even pray for her. He said, why would I when she will not repent? I don't even pray for her 
Why would I when she won't repent? So listen, my allegiance is not to the United States of America, although I'll say again, I'm very thankful that God allowed me to be born in a place with religious freedoms and many other freedoms that are being stripped away every single day. I'm thankful for that, but today my attention has turned to the other kingdom, to the other place, to the place I'm really from and the place I know that I'm going because I have a trust in the word of Almighty God. And hopefully that's your kingdom and your kingdom and your kingdom too. And we will spend eternity there if you trust in him. So quick to pick a side, post our opinion about things. Not even recognizing it's all being controlled by unseen powers. Spirits operating and it really isn't even behind the scenes anymore. If you want to know the truth, the absolute insanity that seems to be the controlling, uh, the thinking of men. It's not even like they're trying to hide it anymore. It's obvious that God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. Because they had no love for the truth and they've been turned over to revenge. But listen, don't even hear those voices. Don't give ear to them. Sometimes we sit there and listen to them and that's just this and that's so. Listen, you listen to a certain voice long enough. I don't care how crazy you think it is. You listen to voices long enough and those voices begin to sound normal. All right, you begin to become accustomed to it and you begin to become climatized to those voices. Don't listen to them and don't give them a place in your life. The world we're in is absolutely insane. Don't hear the voices and do not associate yourself with the unrest. Look, I can't understand that peop- the people that are supposed to be believers that are so anxious to fix this world. People who talk about all the prayers they're praying that, that God will heal our nation and fix this world. Why aren't you praying for the Lord Jesus to come back quickly? Why is that not the focus of your prayers? Lord, I want you to move in this nation and, and fix this nation and heal. Sure, go ahead and pray for safety. I pray for safety. Pray for grace and pray for mercy while we're here. But I'm not going to pray for things to get better. I can't do it. I would be praying against prophecy. I would be praying against the very word of God if I was going to pray for things to get better. I would be praying for a delay in the return of the Lord And what would be my cause for wanting to delay the return of the Lord? Why would you want to stay here any longer unless you knew the return of the Lord would catch you in a condition that you weren't ready to go? And if you're in that condition tonight, then your prayer should be, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Come, Lord Jesus, to take us home. Take me out of this pest house. Take me out of this filthy world. Take me away from this place. I don't belong here. That's how we've got to be praying. Is this not the time we have waited for? Are these things not all the more reason to trust him? I sometimes wonder what life people are living for. I talked to Brother David one time not long ago. I said, you just can't. There's nothing to live for in this life anymore. There's no future here. There's nothing to live for. If we're still here when my kids grow up, that's the worst possible thing I can think about that we would still be here you better be living for that life you better be living for the life that's eternal you better be living for the one that's perfect and without him where all wrongs will be made right that's the life you have to be living for tonight there's no hope in this life there's no future in this life pray to leave this world not to stay here why are you praying for things to get better here that's something that somebody would pray who's planning to stay 
I'm not planning to stay here. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I guarantee you it's better than the place I'm in now. So I'm good, Lord. If you'll just go ahead and come on down tonight and take us to that place, come quickly. Come quickly. You don't got to worry about fixing this mess. It's a mess anyway. Just take your bride home. We're ready to go. And we're trusting in you tonight, Lord Jesus. I see the conditions that are, that are described, Lord, in your word as the end time. And Lord, I, I don't want to change those conditions that I can have a better tomorrow here. I want to leave. Sometimes I wonder if we trust when God said, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you trust that a prophet really went beyond the curtain of time? Do we trust that there really is a next life? Because if we do, we wouldn't be so readily ready to pray to stay in this life. And I'm not talking about someone on their deathbed. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus, taking us home in a rapture. All these voices are trying to cloud out the one voice you can trust because Satan is the author of chaos and confusion. This is why you hear all the time, I just, I just don't know what to believe. That's the purpose of Satan's propaganda. To make it to where you just don't know what to believe. What's truth? What's not truth? There's so much this. There's so much that. This news says that. That news says this. And it's all a conglomeration of lies. None of it's the truth. We've already established there is but one truth. And it's his job to make you wonder. It's his job to make you fear and to make you doubt. And that's the condition that we see our world in today. Confused and upside down. They call good evil and they call evil good. They vilify those that would protect us and they lift up those who would oppose them. In our nation right now, there are serious debates going on to dismantle the police departments of our nation. There are serious debates being voted on in cities across this country about doing away with the rule of law. We have a society that wants lawlessness. And yet God is a God of order. You see as Satan's influence comes more and more, the lawlessness comes more and more because it's in direct contrast to what God is, a God of order. It struck me so much, I was amazed as I looked into Thessalonians and I was reading Paul's writings concerning the end time. And he says in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 2, he says that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. It goes on to say in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And I found in several of the, of the old Greek manuscripts that the word there for sin, where it speaks of man of sin, was translated differently. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce the Greek word, but I could tell it was different than that word. I said, them ain't the same. So I began to look and throughout the different translations of the Bible. And what I found was that many of the translations used the other Greek word. That wasn't the same. And it reads like this. I'll start in verse 3, and you can follow along if you like, but it's going to be a different translation. This is the NIV. It said, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt 
himself over everything that is called God or is worship. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Verse 7. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. How obvious is it that this is the time that we're living in now? How obvious is it that Satan is the author of chaos and the author of lawlessness and the author of confusion? Lawlessness, confusion, chaos. But there is a truth. There is an order. There is a God who you can trust in tonight when all else seems confusion, when all else is lawless. There is still a God on the throne. There is still one you can put your trust in and you don't have to fear all this nonsense going on around you. There is one who said that in the time of trouble, he will hide us away. Listen, don't let the darkness and the lawlessness all around you cause your love to wax cold like those in Matthew did. Don't let them begin to get your eyes caught up on the iniquity and caught up on the lawlessness that's going around. But press into God tonight more than ever. Hear the voice of the bridegroom tonight. It's the only voice that matters in this age. It's the only voice that has never lied to you, that has never deceived you, that has never failed. And it's the only voice that has never let you down. Don't be dismayed when you see these things going on around us. Don't be dismayed when you see these things coming to pass. These are the things that let you know his word is the truth because he's foretold of these things. These make me trust God more than ever. These make me look at his word and go, it's absolutely the truth. Everything he foretold is now upon us. Listen, you want to trust God more? Feed on his word more. You want to trust God more? Talk to him more. You want to trust God more? Feed less on the millions of voices out there that are constantly running their mouth trying to get your ear. Put your trust and your feeding right here in the Word of God. These things around me don't shake me. These things around me don't dismay me, Brother Johnny. These are things we knew was coming all along. We saw it coming all along because His Word told us that it was. And because we trust in His Word, then we can stand fast in this time. We can stand fast in the darkness. We don't have to worry and we don't have to fear. You say, these things make you happy? No, no, I, I don't embrace the sin and lawlessness that's going on, but I embrace where I'm at in time. I embrace where I'm at in the Word of God and what I see being fulfilled. I embrace that these things must be. I don't like what I see, but there's something inside of me that rejoices seeing these things because I know the fulfillment of these things brings on the fulfillment of the next thing. The fulfillment of these things brings on the fulfillment of the next thing. And when I see these things, I know we're almost home. When I see these things going on around me, I know it won't be long now. I know it's just over the corner. Over in the next hill, I look and I see victory. I know we're almost there. I know we're about to break through because these things are going around me. Something inside of me is getting excited. Something inside of me is longing for home more than ever before. Something inside of me says, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Luke 21, 25 says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, and the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart failing for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up 
and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. That's why these things excite me. That's why I can stand firm in the midst of chaos because I know the fulfillment of this brings on the fulfillment of that. Brother Branham said, brothers, the time has come. We're in the last day. We're in the atomic age. The time has come that they got a weapon that can shake this world from its orbit in five minutes time into the sun and cause a total annihilation. They couldn't have done that before, but the time has come, amen. The time has come where there's a falling away. The Bible said, except there come a falling away, the man of sin won't reveal himself. The Pentecostal church is living in the final of all times. The time has come. The time has come for the signs to follow the believers, and I believe that. We're at the end time. We're in the latter rain. We're at the time when the men will be heady and high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good, heady and high-minded. The time has come when they're teaching doctrines of devils, preferring the Bible's teaching and theories and theologies to draw groups of people away to them. The time has come that God will gather his church together through, through under one great big banner of the Lord Jesus Christ and pour out his powers among them. Great signs and wonders will take place. The time has come. The time has come for the Pentecostal church to make a stand. The time has come to circumcise the church and cull out this foolishness. The time has come to go back to the old landmarks. The time has come for the outpouring. The time has come for the gathering of the people. The time has come for Jesus to come. The time will be here soon to give out the rewards. Brother, be careful that your crown isn't set on someone else's head. The time has come. We're at the end time. If we're ever going to do anything, brethren, we're going to have to do it now. The time is at hand. Church, the time has come. The time has come to stand. The time has come to trust. The time has come to overcome. The time has come for the signs to follow them that believe. The prophet said the time has come. Someone's going to walk in that. All throughout his word, he went to great lengths to show that he can be trusted in the worst situations. There's so many scriptures. I, I picked out probably too many of them. I won't read them all. But it's all throughout the word. Nahum 1.7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Isaiah 57.13. When thou criest, let thy companies deliver thee, but the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them, but he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. Psalms 18 and 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those who trust in him. Psalms 32 and 10. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Psalms 34, 21. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Psalms 44, 4. Thou art my king, O God. Command deliverances for Jacob. 
Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah. Something jumped out about that to me in verse 7. He says, but thou hast saved us from our enemies. And then you go down to verse 8 and it says, in God we boast all the day long. David says, I'm going to testify all day long about what God has done for me. He says, I'm going to testify all day. Look, if somebody's got a problem with you giving testimonies about what God has done for you, that's okay. The Bible says you can testify all day long about what God's done for you. Don't let anybody shut you down or shut you up. If God's done something for you, tell it. If God's moved in your family, tell it. If God's healed you, tell it. Proclaim the name of the Lord Jesus and boast on him all day long. Psalms 118 and 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. princes. Proverbs 30 and 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Say, how much should I trust him, Brother Aaron? How much? Listen to Brother Brown. If tonight I preached and a thousand people got converted, or let's say a thousand people had died with the inspiration of God 50 years ago, and they rose up tonight and I was dying, and they said, Brother Branham, don't trust it. It's false. Get away from it. Trust something else. I'd still say, let me die believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, for something happened in my life. If I prayed tonight for the healing of a thousand people and in the morning all thousand of them was dead, tomorrow night I'd be praying for the sick just the same. Would never more move my faith because of this. It isn't what my results is. It isn't. It's what God's word teaches what makes it truth. That's right. God said so. That settled it. Maybe the people didn't have faith. Maybe it was fault in me. But it's no fault in God. God is truth always always truth so we bring it back around and I ask you can you trust him that much tonight can you put it all in his hands tonight there's no safer place than in his hands his hands are ever present his hands have a track record worthy of trust he has promised to deliver them that trust in him he has done more than enough to earn our trust. But you say, Brother Aaron, what can he do with my life? It's so broken. Put it in his hands. Amen. What can he do with my situation? You don't understand, I'm so ruined. Put it in his hands. Amen. What can he do for my children? They're so far out. Put them in his hands. Amen. You don't know how bad I've been hurt by people, Brother Aaron. Put them in his hands let go of the wrongs that have been done to you put it in his hands tonight time after time the scripture shows us lives that look ruined time after time the scripture shows us lives that seem lost and they become restored and made whole in his hands the maniac of Gadara I'm sure his wife had given up and I'm just 
thinking in my own mind, I can see her just bowing her head one day and saying, God, there's nothing I can do. Everybody's come. They've even laid hands on him. They've even tried to chain him. They've tried to drag him in with their bare hands. The wrong hands had been dealing with him. But that night she bowed her head and she said, God, I put him in your hands. And one moment in the hands of God, one moment in that presence changed everything. What about Mary Magdalene, who had so oftentimes found herself in the wrong hands? She was a person who lived an evil life. And yet she came and put herself before the king of kings and laid her life in his hands. One moment. Different. What about the thief on the cross? I guarantee you, you are not in a position worse off than him. The very moment of death. I see his parents kneeling down to pray. Failures in their mind. He's going to die and go to a sinner's hell. That's the last they knew. They knew nothing of his repentance. They are going to be shocked on that day when their son's there. Think about that. What a reunion. How did it happen? They knelt down and said, God, we're sorry. Have mercy. We, we put our son into your hands. And they having no idea that little prayer. And in a moment's time, have mercy on me. Remember me today when you come into your kingdom. When you get it in the right hands, it's amazing what can happen. When you put things in his hands, it's amazing the things that can happen. Maybe you've never allowed yourself to be put in his hands. All your running, all your trying, all your fears, all your failures, all your wonderings. In just one moment, if you'll put yourself in his hands tonight. Just one moment and trust in him. You say, I struggle to trust that, that, that I can be forgiven. <laughs> the sacrifice is enough. Amen. The blood has washed away all your sins if you'll just put yourself in his hands tonight and trust. Can you trust him tonight when he says, all that the Father have given me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out? Can you trust that he's telling you the truth when he offers you that? Come, I'll in no wise cast you out. We see situations that seem hopeless to man become miracles in his hand. John 6, 5, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? I love this next verse. He said this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Oh, he already knew what he was about to do. He knew the miracle. Philip answered him and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them should take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, there's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? In the lad's hands, they were nothing. But when they were placed into the master's hand, the one who created the barley that made the bread, the one who created the fish that swam in the sea. You see, he had made those fish. He had, he had created that barley and put it in his hands. And he begins to break it off. He begins to break it off. I believe Brother Brown said it was cooked. Not just fish. It was cooked fish. And he began to break it off. Because in his hands, what seems impossible to you, 
situation you can't fathom. There's no way out of this. There's no way these people are going to be fed. There's no way my bills are going to get paid. There's no way my children are coming back. I can't recover from this sickness. Have you put it in his hands yet? Have you put it there and watched him and allowed him to go to work? Allowed him to move in your situation? There's no safer place. What have his hands done? What is his hands done? Have they not formed the mountains? Have they not formed you from the dust of the earth? Do they not lift your burdens? Do they not lift your cares? Do they not carry our sorrows? Has his hands not touched you? Has his hands not healed you? Has his hands not delivered you? Has his hands not stretched wide and been nailed to a tree for you and offered you forgiveness and grace? What better place to put your sorrows and cares tonight? What better place to put your trust in uncertain times? What better place to entrust the souls of your children and the healing of your body and the salvation of your soul in anything you can name? What better place? There's no other hands like his hands. You say, I've tried. I've tried to lay it all down. I've tried to trust God to move. I've tried. I've tried. I've failed over and over again. Everything keeps coming up short. Nothing's gone right. I've worked my whole life, and I'm just not getting anywhere. You sound like Peter. In Luke 5, 1, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Let down your nets for a catch, is what he says there. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master... We've toiled all night, and we've taken nothing. Jesus, I've toiled my whole life, and I've come to nothing. I haven't been successful in anything. I've tried over and over again. I've prayed, and I've tried, and I've done nothing. Peter's saying, Lord, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing. I fished all night. There's no fish here. Lord, I've been in the message my whole life. I've been trying my whole life and I've come up empty-handed. If I try again, I'm just going to fail. Nevertheless, nevertheless, at thy word will I let down the net. He's asking you to trust him again tonight. I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care how many times you've tried. I don't care how many times you've come up short. I don't care how much you've been toiling in life. He says, Put down the net tonight for a catch. Put down the net tonight for your healing. Put down the net tonight for your son or daughter. Put down the net tonight for your blessing. Put down the nets once more. And there's got to be somebody that says, nevertheless, at thy word, Lord, I trust your Lord. Lord, I trust you. I'll drop the nets one more time. I'll put them down once more because you told me to put them down. Put the nets down one more time tonight, evening like tabernacle. Trust him once more in this time. Drop the nets one more time. Trust his word tonight. The pressure, the sickness, the pain, the hurts, the losses, the disappointments, the sin. Put in his hands tonight. Trust him once more tonight. What a burden. 
What a burden you can be free of tonight if you'll just trust him and put it in his hands. When you give things to God, it just comes out different, church. When you give things to God, it just comes out different. Brother Timothy, many a man had been beaten. But when they gave him stripes, it healed my body. When you give them to Jesus, it just comes out different. There have been many a man had nails drove in his hands. But when they put nails in his hands, when they drove those nails into his hands, it cured sin forever. It took the sin curse off a man. It delivered me and saved me because somebody put nails in his hands. If nails in his hands can do that, if he'll take nails for you, he'll take your burdens. He'll take your cares in his hands. He'll take your frustrations in his hands. If you'll just leave it there tonight, if you'll just be willing tonight and say, Lord, there's no hands that love me like those hands. There's no hands that care for me like those hands. There's no hands that can move the mountains and create the seas. There's no hands like those hands tonight. And if you'll just put it all in his hands tonight, it'll come out different. You'll bow your heads with me. Things come out different when you put it in his hands. Can you trust Jesus with your hurts tonight? Can you trust Jesus with your scars tonight? You say you love him. You say you trust him. Then won't you give him everything? Just let go. Those hands were nailed to the tree. And his hands are still wide open today. You will never regret it. You'll never be ashamed. Can you put it in his hands tonight? Can you trust him with your soul? Can you trust him with your finances? Can you trust him with your children? Let that weight just lift off of you tonight. Just let it go. Your hurts, your heartaches, your bitterness, your shame. What about that guilt you've been carrying around? Just put it in his hands tonight. He said, take my yoke upon me, on you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Church, listen, the world's in shatters tonight. But you can trust Jesus. The same word that foretold of the evil in the last days. Is the same word that said, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The same word that spoke of the evil said, I go to prepare a place for you. And that same word said, Lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Church, it may be dark, but you can trust Jesus. Quit trying to navigate everything on your own. Quit trying to carry all the burdens on your own. Quit trusting in yourself and turn it all to him tonight. How many can say, Lord, I'm just going to put it all in your hands tonight. I've carried these burdens too long on my own and I just can't do it. 
Lord Jesus, my hands are up tonight. Lord, for too long, Lord, maybe I said I trusted in you. But Lord, my actions showed otherwise as I tried to carry burdens and hurts and cares and scars. Lord, different things, but Lord, I'm laying it all down. Lord, I want to be able to trust you the way Job trusts you. Though you slay me, yet I'll trust you. Lord, I thank you that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a world turned upside down, that we can look at it through spiritual eyes and recognize it's nothing more than the fulfillment of the word of God. And that, Lord, surely you're coming soon. That's our heart's desire. That's what we long for. But until that day comes, Lord, may we be guided by your hands. Tis so sweet, Lord, to trust in Jesus just to take you at your word. We commit it all to you now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, yes. Can you surrender it all right now? The things that have held you back, held you down, and burdened you through the years, all the problems that you tried to fix on your own can you just say Lord I'm, I'm taking my hands off I'm handing you the reins tonight Lord and I'm going to let you do it because I've always believed that you were going to move but now I'm going to get out of the way and actually allow you to move and I'm going to surrender all every door that's not open every place that I was always afraid to expose to the light. Tonight I'm putting it in your hands, Lord. Tonight I'm surrendering everything. Brother Branham said he wants to fight your battle. You have to let him. You say, I trust him. Brother Aaron, I trust him. Then I ask you, in the midst of chaos tonight, is your heart at peace? Is your heart at peace? It can be right now. And you'll just give it all to Jesus.